Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. All right, we're live. Heather, how's it going? Good. Just hanging out with Bo, sitting Indian style in the bug net. <laughs> so <laughs> I. <pretty> fun. <laughs> We're actually sitting knees to knees. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Heather and I are sitting inside uh, my seek outside tent right now, inside the bug net in uh, Bird Creek, Alaska. <laughs> With the mosquitoes just seething on the outside waiting to get in here. Yeah. So we're sitting in this tight one-man basic bug net right now. And uh, with uh, Heather's dog, Django, Django, outside running around and... Uh, Pretending and, to be a bear. Yes, and <laughs> scaring the chickens. Yeah, right. So if you, if you kind of got a picture for our setting right now, it's it's pretty comical. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to need to selfie this before we're done. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I'm up here in Alaska right now uh, with Heather. For the Heather's Choice, is it called the Company Retreat? Is that what, sure. you're, what you're calling it? Sure. It's our it? first ever company retreat, so we can kind of call whatever we want. Cool. <laughs> that works. So, yeah, it's this is my first time ever coming to Alaska and and kind of had, I think it was about four weeks notice when uh, yeah. about a month ago or so you sent out an email uh, saying that, that you were going to plan this event and it was going to involve camping and rafting and just about anything in Alaska. And I was like, I'm in, I'm in. So book plane tickets. And, uh, here we are just got back from the rafting trip down. What river was that? Called? We went down the Placer river. Okay. So that was an unbelievable experience. My, my first time on in, in Alaska and only my second time in a raft. So that nice. was nice. That was I heard you cool. had fun rowing the boat today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brad let me uh get behind the oars and, and steer the boat and I did not crash into anything. Nice. I can't say the same for my brother, but <laughs> I knew somebody had crashed. That's hilarious. Yeah, Kurt Kurt hit the bank, so that was that was all right. We we made it out though. <laughs> nobody popped nobody popped the boat, anything along those lines, so that was cool. Yeah, learning to row a boat is so fun, but you feel so silly. It's like trying to walk like a little baby deer. You're like, How do I do I use my left or my right hand? And it's fun. <laughs> That's the same analogy I used earlier. I said it's like a fawn <laughs> walking across the road. You know, legs are all gangly and just can't can't keep it up and and when when you watch somebody when i watch you or i watch brad or rachel who is were the leads on this trip it looks just natural until you sit back and have to actually do it then it's a, a completely different story but yeah it's, <laughs> it's so fun you'll you'll be hooked on rafting for sure plus when you come back to alaska for a moose hunt doing it from a raft would be the way to go yes and I'm coming back in 2019 without a doubt to hunt something. Whether yes. that's going to be bear, which I found out is year-round, at least in this area, right? It's year-round. So my we came back from this company retreat, and my dad immediately comes out, and he's like, I wish you guys had been there. I got woken up by a black bear today because Django was with us. He wasn't here in the yard. Oh. So I guess there was a big old black bear in the yard while we were gone over the last 24 hours. You mean in the yard right now where the tent's set up? Yeah, where we are. <laughs> where you're going to be sleeping tonight. Yeah. So so take the pack rooms and the other food out of the tent. Yeah, and... exactly. Or at least keep Django next to you. Maybe he'll keep an eye on you. Yeah. No, black bears don't bother me. But if it's one of the brown bears that you told me about, then that might be a different story. So Yeah, for sure. Y- you were uh, you were saying that you had the brown bear come in the yard. Yeah. You? And Brad has pictures of it. So the chicken coop, which like is what, 30 feet from us or something yeah. like that. We have a little game camera set up just so we can keep an eye on what critters are coming through looking for the chickens. And we pulled the game camera out and we're flipping through. And all of a sudden there was this just big brown rump. And this bear probably, I'm going to say it was like four feet tall at the the back hump. So it was just a big brown bear that was just cruising past the chicken coop didn't didn't give us any flack but also our dog didn't notice (laughs) (laughs) yeah we get bears through here pretty frequently and it's fun you know living on the edge of a state park you get yeah quite a few critters running through 
And you did have someone attacked back here too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, our neighbor Susie, she's been running on that trail for probably 40 years. And there was just one day that she was running back behind the house and came between a sow and two cubs. And the bear knocked her down, left her, and came back three separate times. So could you freaking imagine? No. No. Like Was the she most as a brown bear too? Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. It's amazing that she lived, but mm. thankfully, you know, she lived to tell the story and I can't imagine anything worse. It's like that movie, The Revenant. The Revenant. Yes. Yeah. yes. Like I imagine that was probably pretty accurate to what her attack was like. That's insane. Right. And yeah. So, and Heather tells me this, you know, after we get done hiking <laughs> back there, going through the, the woods and, you know, like, oh, just, you know, go out back, take a walk. Well, actually, Brad told me, he said, go, go for a walk out back. And there's not really a trail right behind here until you hit it. And you can only see about 15 feet. It's so thick yeah, in Alaska. It's so thick. Well, at least this, this section of Alaska is very thick in the woods. It's just, it's just grown up and, and tough to see very far so didn't you say it's that way back home for you though yes yeah pennsylvania is very similar except for the mountains are not as big (laughs) and you know there's there's smaller things that try to kill you not giant you know thousand pound brown bears and everything else but yeah so no the, the the actual um the actual inside the woods is very similar to pennsylvania you just have a lot more conifers and pines and hemlocks and things but yeah. So, anyways, let's let's go back and talk a little bit about this company retreat that that we're on. So, what what was your idea behind this, and why did you want to do this? Man, so for me, it, I do realize that with Heather's choice, it's finally starting to take on a life of its own, where it's no longer it's it's no longer just my little idea. It's no longer me just dehydrating food and giving it to people. It's starting to become a community, which is super duper powerful. And we see that, especially with BHA, like the reason that people join BHA is because it's a cool ass community of people that you want to hang out with and you want to be involved with. Uh, I think that's a huge driver for it. And so I really wanted to have an opportunity to just spend some quality time with our staff and our ambassadors and our investors and just get everybody together so that we get some FaceTime because, you know, we spend the rest of the year going back and forth via email or social media, but like you don't necessarily get to go hang out in the woods doing what we all love to do together. And I feel like backcountry trips are just really where you get to see not, not that somebody's true self, but you get to see just what they're really like. You know, like, are they self-sufficient? Do they have a bad attitude? Are they super helpful? Do they go above and beyond? Like, all those things show through so quickly. Yeah. And this was the perfect opportunity to invite people to a place that I think is really freaking special. And I think the coolest part is that you and Kurt and then Kayleen and Sam came up from the lower 48 and having this be potentially some of your first trips to Alaska. That was pretty freaking cool to get to show you guys such a cool place. Yeah. And I know for me personally, like it was huge, like just eye opening for me. It kind of broke down a barrier that I thought it just seems like Alaska is so far away. But when you really think about it in 13 hours, I was here, you know, just through some airports and, and a bunch of, you know, just going through a bunch of people there. But, other than that, there's not really a huge barrier to get here. You buy the plane ticket and you're here. Yeah. And that was amazing. And to be able to talk to the people that have that live here and have grown up here and then also people from different places that either they moved here or just, you know, here to visit like Kayleen and Sam. So that was an awesome dynamic of people from completely different spectrums. Yeah. We so, definitely had a mixed bag and like I didn't really have any expectations of who was going to show up because I knew like, okay, well, if just Brad and I go camping, like this is still going to be really fun. But instead, we ended up with 22 folks who came out for it. And that was really helpful for me. Yeah. So I was very, very pleased with the turnout that we had. Yeah. And with, with Heather's Choice, so like from your ambassador team standpoint, you have anywhere from people that are in the hunting community like like Kurt and I. And then you have just people from the hiking community from the 
backcountry skiing from anything you can think of dog mushing dog mushing yes that <laughs> how cool is that yeah i know and they were awesome too great to talk to so so many different people and you know that every the the same thing brings all of us together which is just the outdoors and you know wilderness type settings but just paths that would have never crossed otherwise it was cool to talk to them and understand why they do what they do and also some some of the the people that were there hadn't hunted before or really wasn't didn't know much about it and was able to have a a good conversation about it and and that was cool to be able to one it was awesome they're willing to listen and you know see from my standpoint why we do it and what what the I guess reasoning behind it is and it was just an, an awesome community of people to get together yeah. and you know and shared a few packaroons some some drinks and there was a lot a, of packaroons eaten that was fun yeah. like I said I walked past your brother's tent this morning and I just see this little packaroon packaging sticking out from underneath the tent and I was <laughs> like yeah this is awesome <laughs> late night munchies on yeah, the packaroons right. <laughs> we all stayed up too late it was perfect well it's kind of hard not to when it's daylight just about 24 7 right now so it's right now it's was it june 22nd yeah so it's a summer solstice was yesterday so in this part of alaska it's basically daylight all the whole time around yeah it's so, just like this you know it's yeah. not gonna get too much darker than it is right now no no it's just it kind of gets like dusk and then all of a sudden it starts getting light again yep for sure. <laughs> we have dogs running rampant around out, we have, outside the of the dogs tent. are, they sound like bears and we can't see them. <laughs> so they're just screwing with us at this point. Yeah. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, so it's, it's daylight all the time. So right now I can tell you I'm beat. I'm tired from the last few days of just being up late, getting up early. And it wasn't, it's just because it's so nice out and we just, Everyone gets talking and chatting around the fire and whatever else, and and it's uh, pretty easy to stay up. Yeah, stay up late, and and then when you wake up in the morning and you think like, oh shit, like I stayed up way. <laughs> I mean, I I slept in way too long, and then you look at your clock, it's like four thirty in the morning. I'm like, how the hell did that happen? But, yeah, exactly. It's so fun. That I think that makes it worth it. So we have our long dark winters that are so challenging and so hard. And then it gets to this time of year and you basically have June, July, and August just to get after it. And so it turns into this whole lifestyle of just go, go, go and you just embrace it and just enjoy those three months as much as you can before it gets cold and dark again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is if someone wants to come visit Alaska, try to do it in the summer months. Yeah. Those three months, I would definitely say so. Like yeah. maybe September, but you might be pushing it a little bit. Okay. Yeah. It's it, like I said, my only view of Alaska is what I'm seeing right now. And it's like, I don't know how anybody wouldn't want to live here. It's just, it's beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. And it's wild. Like we definitely don't have a lot of pressure as far as I can tell. Like I don't anticipate a ton more people moving here just because, you know, there's not necessarily, there's a lot of space, but in a place like Anchorage, there's not a lot more room to expand Anchorage for housing. So I think that's a limiting factor and then how much it costs and it takes the right kind of person. Cause like I say, for, even for us, the long, dark, cold winters definitely can wear on you. So you have to be super conscious of that. But then the summertime, if you like being outside, I mean, what, it's been 50 or 60 degrees every day and just a little bit sunny and there's so much room to play and roam and explore yeah. and, ugh, it's so great. Yeah, you can do just about anything. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, your neighbors here, they go surfing. I, and yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're really big into it. So when I was driving to the company retreat, I looked out and I was like, oh, yeah, there they are catching the boar tide. Yeah. So, so what is it? is it? Is it? It's one wave a day that comes in. I think it's twice a day. Is it twice a day? Yep. So it's twice a day and they can catch this wave and then surf it for however long. I guess, what did Brad say the other day? It could be like two miles. Yeah. Yeah. They could, uh, they can go two miles. And I was talking to Guy, mm-hmm. who's, who's your neighbor here, and he was the one telling me about the waves and catching it. And I was like, I didn't know anybody surfed in Alaska. Yeah. But 
Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. And if you go further south, you can actually get some legit surfing. It's not just the boar tide. But, yeah, these guys are into it. And like you said, they're just like us. They just want to be outside. Yeah. So we just had a bear come in the tent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little black bear. A bear in training. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is it a puppy? It looks like a puppy. He is definitely a puppy. Yeah. That's Cole. He's Django's best friend, and they basically run this show. So just came underneath the tent, came up, <laughs> sniffed us through the bug net, and uh, he took off. Yeah, you're going to have to tell Kevin from Seek Outside these things are not bear-proof. Yeah, I know. It just came right in. <laughs> yeah, and then it knocked over my Yeti cup almost. So yeah. What about bear proof there? Yeah. So freaking silly. <laughs> um anyways, it's always it's always a trip here with wildlife or pets, whatever. Yeah. Whatever you think at your place. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, that was that was cool though, seeing the, the surfing aspect and did a little bit of hiking before we did the company retreat at uh Glen Alps and just just a beautiful area. And it is it was it was funny listening to a couple of the people we ran into on the trail, one, everybody was so friendly and just... Good. I'm glad you noticed that. Yeah. It was something I picked up on. Coming from a small town, that's the kind of stuff that I'm used to. But once I moved to more populated area, people didn't seem to be as open to, you know, just say hi to strangers and how are you doing. So on the trail, I ran into a few people. Actually, two two women were for mountain biking there and they were like, are you guys hunters? I'm like... And I'm like, no, I mean, yeah, but I'm not hunting right now. And she's like, oh, well, I saw your gun. I'm like, well, I don't have a gun. So, really? Oh, yeah. And I don't know how she picked up on it. It must have been the mustache. <laughs> the rut stash? The rut stash. Which was a big hit the last couple of days. There was a lot of conversation about the rut stash. Yes, there was. <laughs> we'll get into that in one second. So, anyways, they said that, they, said that uh, they asked me if I was a hunter because they saw it. There was, there was a grizzly bear, apparently, that was chasing a, a cow moose through the valley. Oh. Coming down through the day before. And um, a, a calf and a cow, and it was chasing them across the valley and up the other side. And they're like, oh, we hope you were going to you were gonna come in here and shoot it for us. And I was like, they, they really? didn't I don't know. This is, Maybe this is me being um, judgmental, but they didn't look like women that were going to be like, okay with hunting i just expected like the you're yeah. something different and i was like all right i'm in alaska now this is this is cool yeah it's a but. way of life for sure which i mean i'm curious to hear who you talked to on the retreat who you had to talk to about hunting because i think we even have people in the company i know we have people in heather's choice that are like i i'm not sure about this like Kayleen, who's yeah. our marketing director, over the last year, it's really opened her eyes to be working with people like you and Kurt to be like, oh, this whole hunting thing, hunting thing isn't just trophy animals. Yeah, This is a way of life. This is a way to get meat. This is a way to have a really cool experience. And I think it's been a journey for all of us, honestly. Yeah. No, that's, cool. you know, Kayleen was one of the big ones. I talked to her for probably an hour and a half about just her perspective of hunting and she said only a year ago to what it's like now and understanding and, and from talking to people like you and, and others. And then the conversation that her and I had, it just was, it was good. And it was, it was good even for me to hear her side and why, you know, she, she was never really anti hunting, but just wasn't really sure about it from the sounds of it. She just wasn't really into it. Yeah. And I think if you have never, been introduced to it and you don't understand why or you've never gotten to go on a hunt yeah it's it's pretty damn intimidating yeah oh definitely and so her and i just went into the whole you know side of things and she's like no i think it's awesome now she's well we were eating bear chili and she was enjoying that pretty good (laughs) so from from uh from the bear that that you killed here what a few weeks ago yeah but before we get into that story yeah there was there was she was the main one that I, that I talked to there, and there was a couple, a couple of the other people, um, Rachel and Catherine. Catherine, yeah, yes. talked to them a little bit about it cool. and everything. So it was it was really cool to to get to uh, talk to them about hunting and you know why I do it, and and also just kind of go into the perspective of East meets West and why I started this podcast and everything there, and it it was cool to hear. Hear, again, hear that from someone else's perspective 
because you sometimes I can be blindsided, but nothing but hunters and the people I surround myself with. So it's nice to to get that different perspective on it. Yeah, but. for sure. So we have a lot of people. I feel like in our community or network that are very intrigued by hunting and they just don't know where to start and which is very understandable because I felt that way and still do like there's still a lot of things I want to do that I'm like how do I even go about like choosing an area you know that's always a big question for me or how long should I plan to go hunting for like is it can we always do it on a weekend (laughs) Because that's been a lot of the trips we've done so far is like Saturday, Sunday. It's not necessarily a 10-day trip. Yeah. And so I think there will always be a lot of questions until you're very seasoned. And even then, there's a lot of unknowns with any type of adventure. Yeah. Oh, 100%. So, and uh, yeah, to go back a little bit to uh, the conversation around the rut stash. <laughs> So, yeah, Heather, the like two day conversation about the rut stash. So, <laughs> tell everyone what the rut stash is, Heather. No, it's your rut stash. <laughs> so you better tell them what it is. <laughs> I, well, uh, anyways, so I, I um, last year when I, I decided to grow a mustache, <laughs> just straight mustache, no goatee, no anything else, no other facial hair, but the mustache for going on the elk hunt that I did in Colorado. And, um, it was a necessary part of the Colorado elk hunt. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it was the rut and I had my mustache. So I, I coined it the rut stash and it has stuck. may have used it a few times in hashtags or <laughs> anything else. And it stuck. So you and I did a, a Facebook live, uh, a couple months ago now. And there wasn't really any, good comments about our conversation <laughs> other than asking it about matter what we were talking about because all your friends were just like wait but what about the rut stash what is the secret to growing a great rut stash yeah it was hilarious and it made me realize how much synergy there is between the east and the west coast between like the shit talking that <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i was like oh yes we speak the same language <laughs> Yeah, so so I had to for this retreat. I had to grow the rut stash again and come out here full force, and it's become more than just a mustache. No, it it now has a it's life a, of its own, it's and a it's going to be a brand and a business. So oh. I guess I'm going to have to tell everybody now that I've launched my own another brand. <laughs> yeah. It's completely separate from East Beats West, by the way, uh, <laughs> called the Rut Stash. Yep. Or the rut stash ride. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was Kayleen's favorite hashtag of the trip was hashtag rut stash ride. Yeah, so I'm not going to go into any kind of definition of what that means, and you can kind of figure that out on your own. But So funny. I had multiple times and somebody asked me, oh, did you get here by rut stash ride? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that was a a great part of the trip. And now I'm, I'm struggling you know, personally being able to go home and, and shave it because <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is me now. Yeah, it is. If you shaved it, people wouldn't recognize you. They'd be like, who is this character? I know. And that's a problem. It's like, <laughs> this... <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the rut stash has become a brand and, uh, it's, it's going to turn into something big. Yes. It's going to, I mean, there's going to be hair products involved. I know, are you going to tell them about the hair products? Or is that is this too early? This the DL? Someone might take the idea. Yeah, let's wait. Okay. Let's wait. Yeah. We'll keep it on the DL. Yep. That, that'll come out in episode <laughs> probably 52 or so uh, <laughs> once it launches. Yeah. Kick, look for the Kickstarter coming up yep. soon. Indiegogo so. for yes. the Rud Stash ride launch. Oil. <laughs> Whatever the products end up being. Yes. The Rud Stash brand launch is going to be uh, memorable. And you already have 22 supporters. I do, and it's 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 a great supporting group too. I have a group of investors now. Yeah, you do. You had like multiple people to pitch it to. Yep, it was so an that easy was, sell. That was good. I mean, it's probably not the you know if I was going to pitch to a group of investors, maybe not the you know brand or product that I'd like to you know pitch to them the first time until they got to know me a little better. But anyways, yeah, that's what I did, and it worked out. So, but yeah, and um, so the company retreat, we went out and took a train on the Alaskan on the Alaskan Railroad out to Spencer Lake which is a, a glacier 
and um, the lake that comes off the glacier, basically, and, and set up camp there. And what an awesome time, like like we were saying there, uh, with that group of people. So in the morning, had a you know a great breakfast that everyone cooked up. Everyone worked together as a team to get things tore down. The amount of shit that we had was unreasonable insane it was great but luckily we were able to take a van or you were able to bring a van and to bring our stuff yeah this was so great because for this trip i was like okay so we just have to go a mile and yeah we're bringing everything we're bringing the kitchen sink and stoves and river wings literally guitars and like everything you could possibly want because it's just one night and i was really confident that these 22 people could carry all their stuff and then some group gear and I wasn't worried about it even though we had to carry our own firewood which was definitely a lot and then we show up and the trip leader from Chugach Adventures is like oh yeah and by the way if you want to use the van like go for it and it just like changed the whole dynamic of like god we could have be brought more stuff like it just made it so much easier yeah. so the logistics on this trip worked out flawlessly I couldn't have been happier with it yeah, so we had, yeah, like you said, we had everything <laughs> set up there like you could ever imagine. Uh, it, it was a full-fledged, like, campsite. Glamping. Uh, yeah, it was glamping, 100%. <laughs> and so, uh, anyways, this morning we got the rafts ready so and, and started heading off through the lake and go around all the icebergs that were there. And that was cool. I've never seen anything like that before. And Kurt even got to stand on an iceberg, which he was pretty excited about. I didn't get to see that. I wasn't there for that, but I was, I was recording the podcast with John and, uh, and didn't get him see him do that, but that's pretty cool. And, so there was a whole group where there was three rafts mm-hmm. and a couple pack rafts. Six pack rafts. We Six had an army rafts. of them. Yes. So we had an army of people going down <laughs> the river. And how many miles was the trip? Total? We did about 10 miles. Okay. And it was just through some of the most beautiful scenery that I've ever, ever seen. And we saw a mountain goat up on the you on top of the mountain. Nice. No, not really. We thought we did. Yeah. Until we... <laughs> Until we pulled out the binoculars, and you're like, darn. Yeah, no, yeah, he pulled them out, and, and we all looked through them, and I'm like, yeah, it's definitely a mountain goat. Kurt called it out, by the way. And, and then it went around to Zach, grabs him, and he looks up, and he's like, yeah. And then we, I kind of like sensed his voice like he wasn't fully No, convinced. he was not buying it. And then eventually he's like, yeah, I don't think that was a goat. And then we looked up, and it ended up being a rock. But anyways, the the trip was just beautiful through some just alaska i mean what you would expect of alaska you look on a postcard is what we were floating down today and that was that was extremely cool i'm i'm glad you guys liked it because i have a kind of a skewed perspective of you know i had the benefit of being out there for five summers and it's i think it's one of the most beautiful places on earth and at the same time you know it's just a float it's class one and two water but it's still beautiful and still super enjoyable and I feel like everybody got to have a really good time and just got to experience rafting and experience the glacier and yeah it was a perfect first trip and I'm already dying to plan the next one. <laughs> oh yeah and the next one's a 30-day Grand Canyon trip yes. right? The next <laughs> right exactly next trip we're all quitting our jobs and going rafting for a month <laughs> yeah that that works for me yeah, right? <laughs> we, we can make that happen you're like i can record so many podcasts in 30 days oh yeah with the and same 16 I, people i need a lot of batteries <laughs> and yeah hopefully the people hopefully the listeners like the people i'm talking to because you're going to hear a lot yeah of right <laughs> and like and we're back again with yeah brad <laughs> <laughs> brad this is your fourth time on here in 22 days <laughs> what are we going to talk about today <laughs> no but uh yeah that the trip was awesome and and i'm glad to see you know heather's choice as a company taking that i know from from the standpoint of myself and kurt just speaking from us um being ambassadors for the company that just it helps getting to meet you guys in person it's not just uh okay this is what i want you to do this get a couple pictures for us blah, blah. it's not it's way more than that yeah. you know it's a uh, one that we've used your products for, you know, a couple of years, even before the, the ambassador program. And then, and then just being able to see the people behind it is just makes you want to be a part of that company even more and the dynamic of it. And 
it's not too often in the hunting community that you get to be a part of brands or or see brands that are not just hunting and you were not built on just hunting this was kind of a, a side a side thing right i mean it just kind of happened without you really realizing it yeah i the way i'm looking at it is that hunters are basically our early adopters so like the business is built on hunters as our customers but that definitely wasn't and it still is it's still not going to be the only demographic that we serve yes so that and it was hard like we had our first board meeting on Wednesday so right before the retreat and we had that really serious conversation of okay like how do we navigate this like how do we speak to a lot of different audiences without stepping on anybody's toes or without making anybody uncomfortable because it would be easy to say like okay we're just going to focus on hunters and we're only going to sell to hunters and everything we going to do everything we do is going to be targeted and marketed towards the hunting community and it wouldn't be authentic and it wouldn't be a smart business move as far as I'm concerned. Because as you know, like I started this for pack rafters and we have people in the company who are dog mushers or backpackers or ultra marathon runners. And we really want to be more all encompassing than that while simultaneously honoring the people who are hunters who have supported us from the beginning and as we saw this weekend, you can have people who are hunters and non-hunters and they all play together. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be exclusive. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, people from all, all spectrums of the outdoor space there. But, um, that yeah, that that's good to uh, – it's good to see, though, that you can get across all those demographics. And I, I understand that it's definitely not easy from, uh, like, a marketing perspective or anything. You know, what happens if you – like we were kind of alluding to earlier, you killed a bear um, a little while ago. And, you know, do I post the picture of that bear on there or don't I? What, right. What's, you know, and you, and you, wanna, you want to, to put yourself in front of that hot hunting audience and show that you're supporting that and you're also a hunter yourself. But at the same time, you're like, what, what is this going to do to the other audience that's not into it? You yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Kayleen, who's our marketing director, has done a really good job of that. And it's nice that, like you said, she's going through it herself of like, how do I feel about this? Mm -hmm. And I think that influences a lot of what people see from Heather's Choice and our social media and all of our digital marketing is, yes, we can be supportive of hunters and we can be pro hunting without shoving it in somebody's face. Yeah, just tasteful with the, with the posts and the way that that's going. So with that being said, you did kill a bear. <laughs> yeah. So this is a question I have for you. Uh, at what point does somebody become a hunter? Because I'm still like, yeah, I had a successful hunt, but I'm still not sure that I would identify myself as a hunter. You're a like hunter. It, it feels... You, ha you, you know, you're a hunter. Okay. I'm saying that you're a hunter. You've been on more than just this one hunt. It doesn't... I don't think it pertains to how many kills you've had or anything like that if you go hunting and had a positive experience with it no matter the timeline how many times you do hunt i think you're considered a hunter so do you think you could you could go hunting and never kill an animal and still be a hunter 100 percent. Okay. yeah that's that's oh yes that's because hunting is obviously the end goal is to try to take an animal's life and be able to have you know that that organic meat that you can put in the freezer along with that's not the only thing with hunting yeah the, the meat is awesome and that's what we all strive for but the experiences go what along with it. it yes and you know someone that says that they're hunting only for meat specifically i would call them out and say that that's not the case because you have the the adventure side of things the just the with it being just tough and hard to to actually reach that goal and there's a, there's a whole just a bunch of things that make you a hunter and it's not just one thing you can't really narrow it down and from what i see and from the stories that you and i have talked about i would consider you as a hunter yay so i made it you're gonna yeah because <laughs> like i say I you need still... a license plate that goes on the back that says i am hntr it would be so great <laughs> and i mean 
I'm excited about it because I know that, yeah, I didn't grow up with it. And it's been four short years of getting to know Brad and learning about hunting. And it's really cool now to have gone on multiple trips and then this most recent trip to have been successful and to be like, whoa, this is a brand new skill that I have now. And you know how it is. Anytime you get a new skill, it's a confidence booster. So that's been really big for me is just learning all the things that go along with hunting and being really excited about just, uh, I guess, gaining a new skill. That's what's been yeah. most gratifying. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like you said, it's it's not something that happens overnight either. I mean, I'm sure that you didn't just wake up one day and be like, I want to be badass hunter. You know, you're just... It took a while to kind of come to grasps with with the idea of hunting. And like you said, you didn't grow up hunting, so it's a little bit different for you. And most recently with the bear hunt, bears are kind of on a different hierarchy when it comes to hunting. You know, they're, they're a predator animal. Um, it's, it's different when you go out and, and kill a deer or, you know, and from the East coast perspective, a turkey or something along those lines. But when it comes to a predator animal, there's like a different persona around them and the idea of hunting a predator. And what did that have any impact on you? You know, I didn't think about it too much in that way. And I'm not even quite sure why I decided that was going to be the first animal I was going to go for. I think it happened when Brad and I were on a mountain goat hunt just out our backyard last fall. And we were looking for mountain goats and we were working really hard at it. And there was these black bears just rolling in blueberries, like just playing in fields of blueberries. And I was like, wow, we could be hunting bears right now. And like, they're right there. And I think that was at what point I decided, okay, like I... I'd really like to try my hand at this. Like, this is pretty intriguing. And so it, it wasn't really at the forefront of my mind. It didn't matter whether it was a predator or not. It just seemed like, okay, this is attainable for me. Mm-hmm. So so it, would do you think that more people should open up their eyes to that sort or giving hunting a, a shot, whether that's, you know, other women in the, that are love the outdoors or, or men for that matter? Or is that something that you kind of really have to sit down and think about before that? I guess, what would your advice be for someone that was had an idea of wanting to go hunt but wasn't really sure what what they're thinking about? Because it is a, a confusing thing to, to think about. It is super confusing. So I don't think that I ever had a moral dilemma about it because I knew, like, I love to eat meat. I love the meat that Brad brings home. Like, mm-hmm. this is something that I would love to learn how to do. So if you get past that part, like let's say you're no longer like morally opposed to hunting or you've worked through that. Yeah. Man, honestly, the best, the thing that made the biggest difference for me was actually taking a women's specific hunter safety course. And that was really helpful to be in a room of 10 or 12 women who were equally as intimidated as I was. And we were able to all say like, I don't know what kind of a gun that is. I don't know how to shoot it. I don't know how to load it. Like we were all just able to be really honest about that and being able to work through all those questions and just like kind of take away that intimidation factor of even working with a firearm. It suddenly made it feel like, okay, this is possible. Yeah. Where, gosh, I feel like if you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go for a hunt. I've got my tent. Like I've got my sleeping bag and I know where I'm going to go and I know what animal I want, but I don't know how to use my weapon. Yeah. You're SOL. <laughs> it's not going to be a good trip. So that was pretty eye-opening for me to spend some quality time with that hunter safety course, which what I think Brad said he took it when he was like six years old. So like it probably didn't have the impact for him that it did for me at 30. So I know even for me, I had it at 12 and you still don't have... The, I mean, it had a, a great impact on me. I mean, I learned and also having a father that taught me a lot of that stuff helps but yeah coming into it from your perspective at 30 years old walking into you know the room you have a different mindset going in oh yeah other than just i have to complete this you really wanted to gain something out of it i learned so much and it was a two-day course and it cost me 15 bucks and it was awesome and that that was all of a sudden where i could sit down with 
the Alaska State hunting regulations and understand what it said. Because I remember in years past, Brad sitting down and like looking at maps, trying to pick out where we're going to go. And I'm like, I have no idea what units mean or like what the color blocks mean or seasons. Like it was all just a different language. And then spending a couple of short days taking that hunter safety course, it all made sense. And it suddenly became way more accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even know that they had a women-specific hunter safety course. We have this incredible group up here called Becoming an Outdoors Woman, and they put on these specific events just for ladies, and it might be like a full-blown weekend of learning how to backpack, or it might be a full weekend of learning how to skin an animal. Like, they do all kinds of different stuff, and this uh, specific course that I signed up for was... It was perfect, just very low key. And like I say, kind of took away that intimidation factor. Because if yeah. I was in a room with like you and John Whipple and Micah and Dan, and like all the guys that are on this trip, and I was like, why do you guys shoot bolt actions? Like, I would feel really silly. Yeah. You know, like it wouldn't be as comfortable as going in and having a female instructor and being like, wait, what's the difference between And they all understand these? it a little bit more where... I grew up with it. So it's harder for me to explain, you know, that I'd be like, well, that's just how that's it just is. That's how it is. Right? <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Like, <laughs> of course you would use this. So no, yeah. that's, that's awesome to, you had that positive experience in it and it turned into you, you know, becoming a hunter and, and everything along those lines. And we already know you can cook obviously from Heather's choice meals and the meal that I had on, on uh Wednesday night, I guess it was. And even, the, we had, so we had bear chili that was very similar to... It was dark chocolate chili, but with bear meat. Yes. <laughs> so. yes. so, but excellent. So we had that and then bear sausage in the morning. <laughs> and uh, speaking of a bear, here he comes again. Oh my gosh. What a loser. <laughs> hey, buddy. He's like, I look like a bear. Yep. But anyways, uh, so we had bear sausage in the morning, and uh, what were the, the burgers that we had tonight? We had that wild game? Brad's Sitka Blacktail from Kodiak. Okay. Yeah. We're so freaking spoiled. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys have one of a variety of animals, and a lot of the animals that you have here have uh, a lot of meat on them that... That you can, when you have big groups of people that come over. Yeah, we have more have. than enough. We have three freezers right now. Are you serious? Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> it's freaking dumb. Yeah, we've got two chest freezers and then the freezer attached to our fridge. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we have so much stuff. It's ridiculous. But we'll get through it all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know what's fun? So for the business, we are now working on sourcing more meats locally here in Alaska. And I think we're going to buy two whole bison for dark chocolate chili this summer, which is really freaking fun. So I'm excited to tell that whole story when we get to that point. Yeah, that'll be that'll be awesome to right? be able to do that. And yeah, you have so you do have a kitchen now in Anchorage where you're making all the meals at. Yes. And it's so fabulous. So it's been a long journey. We've had the kitchen for six or seven months now and we're still dealing with permitting, but we're really darn close. So when we're all done with the permitting, it's going to be full steam ahead on making new meals, which I cannot wait for. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The, when uh, when do you think the new meals will be coming out? Not to put you on the spot. No, I. it has to be July. Like it has to this, happen. So like next month. Yes. <laughs> because it's. <laughs> I was expecting like, you know. No, like uh, we've uh, been working on this, like I say, since December. So, yeah. I mean, we, it, I wish we had released new meals in April. It's just taken way too long. Yeah. So, if by July we are not permitted, I'm going to raise some hell with the health department. <laughs> so, wish me <laughs> luck on that. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be worried if I was them. You're coming in with a ball oh fire. Gosh, seriously. <laughs> um, are you able to give... Uh, any idea what some of them new meals may be? Yeah. So John and Casey, you met John of John yes. and Casey from 60th Parallel. I sent them with chicken mole and African peanut stew on their most recent bear hunt. And I got really good reviews on the African peanut stew. So I'm pretty excited about that. Mm. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. 
And yeah. Then we'll. So we used to have a uh, shepherd's pie, but uh-huh. now we're gonna release. I'm hoping it's gonna be a hunter's pie. So I'm really hoping we can actually get reindeer. Hey, bring back my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> a bear just took off with your pillow. Yeah. <laughs> just took my camp pillow. Now Django is coming over. Hey, buddy. But wow, those sound like some awesome flavors. So both of them are gonna be coming out, or you yeah, think we're gonna do on? all kinds of stuff. I'm actually hoping we can change the model a little bit and maybe do something where you release. Let's say I'm gonna do a big batch of uh, baked beans with molasses and ground beef, like something like that. But then say, hey, we're releasing 200 of them, and then people pre-purchase those, and we make 200, and just kind of change the model a little bit to where we could have different meals more frequently rather than having just five meals that we always have in stock that people get sick of. Yeah. Cause at least I know some people don't get sick of it. I get sick of it. You know, I'd like to have some different every stuff. Day. <laughs> yes. If you're cooking it and eating it every day. You get sick of it. Yeah. That uh, I feel like there's nobody that can get sick of the packers though. There, there was, was a lot of packers eating this weekend. There, that was fun. Yes. I could eat packers all the time and I do. For the <laughs> yeah, <part. right? laughs> That's perfect because we make packers all the time. Yep. So that works out pretty good. No, I'm excited to see some of the, the new flavors coming out and uh, f- for some of the hunts coming up this fall. Um, I'll be going to Colorado again for a few weeks and and then also um, a couple other different states. So it'll be I'll be eating a lot of Heather's Choice meals in that that time frame there so with with your meals has has anything changed from the beginning so was it 2014 that you launched 2014 it seems like you've grown quite a bit in that amount of time but everything stayed the same as far as your i guess your motto and what you want out of the meals right it's completely give me the kind of spiel on on why you started this and why you're continuing to do the same thing even as you scale Yeah. So when I started Heather's Choice, I knew that there was a hole in the market in just good quality food. So yes, there was stuff that was vegan or vegetarian or high protein or whatever it was, but I wanted something that really fit in with the nutritional guidelines that I had for myself, which is very paleocentric. So meat, vegetables, good quality fats. You and I have talked about that at length. Yes. And... It just, I wasn't able to find it very easily. It took a lot of work. And so here we are four years later, and that's still the basis of it. And I'm I'm very grateful that we've been able to maintain that because there's been a lot of pressure to even say, you know what, screw it. We're not doing meals anymore. We're just going to be a packer and company. And I know for Brad and I both, it's like, gosh, you know, we'd make more money. It'd be easier. Like we could have outsourced packer in production and just focused on the consumer packaged goods market and sold them at grocery stores and like that would be so much easier and mm-hmm. it's not really what we wanted to do you know it's not as exciting and it, it doesn't create the community that we have right now of people who are saying hey you know like john and casey called me in may and they said we're going on a 12-day hunt with casey's dad so we need 36 meals and 36 breakfasts and 36 snacks. And like, they would have taken way more if I had more. And that to me is still so fun and exciting when somebody says, Hey, Heather, I'm going on this big adventure and I want, I want you to make my food for me. Or I'm pack going my to food. survive on everything that you make. Yeah. Like you know? I love that because I know what a pain in the butt packing food is. Yeah. You know, like even for us, like us 22 people to go on this little company retreat, like all of the food logistics could have been a huge pain in the ass. But to me, that is like my dream project. I love that shit. So (laughs) I was really eager to have the opportunity to figure out like, what are we going to have for dinner? What are we going to have for snacks? What are we going to eat for breakfast? And it's great to be able to do that and to be able to provide that to people because it's not everybody's favorite thing to do yeah no it's 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 i know it's not my favorite thing to do to try to think about what i'm going to take and it's nice because i can get it in those packages and in a nice quick and easy okay here's my breakfast 
here's my lunch, which is the snack and the pack yep. and and then the dinner. And when I go to Colorado, that's all I need to take. And uh, that's sorry again. The dogs are the crashing through the tent. The bears, <laughs> yes, the bears of Alaska are crashing through the tent. But anyways, I I know right then and there this is what I need to take, and the dynamic of of the meals, what it's been for me and me personally, and my my body was no matter how far I was hiking or or doing anything there, I never got sore, mm-hmm. and. I was never able to explain that reasoning behind it, but you put it into easier terms as far as what, why that, that was the case. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say, oh, this is the magical food you can sure. do whatever with, but you don't have the inflammation because you're not filled with all the fall, fill in my blanks here. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Again, I'm not the technical all the, you one You say here. pro-inflammatory foods, but yeah. that's exactly it. And I see it all the time and... It's still hard for me as somebody who's trained in nutrition and who loves nutrition and just geeks on this stuff. It's really hard to see somebody who's suffering and then to see their food choices and to say, gosh, if you would just make a couple changes, it would it would change your life because food is that powerful. But, you know, not everybody really wants to change and not everybody's ready for that. Yeah. And so with Heather's choice, it's nice to be able to give people good food and then for them to be like, huh, I actually felt better. Like I was less sore. My digestion was better or whatever the case may be. And then after they have that experience, then they might say, huh, why is that? Like, why did I have a different experience eating your meal versus a freeze dried meal like mountain house? Like what's going on there? And so I feel like, it's kind of a cool opportunity to just say, here, try this. See if it works for you. See if you like it. And if you want to know why it feels different, I'm happy to tell you. Versus going to somebody and saying, here's why you should eat this. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's they're just not even really ready to, to hear it. And they're not necessarily receptive to it until they've experienced it for themselves. Yeah. And it, and it, like I said, it was huge for me. And I'd... I, I understand how my body works and kind of try to pay attention to it. Again, the terminology side of things, I leave That's up fine. to you. I, I, feel, I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> I feel good and I don't care why. Right. I just know that I feel good. So I'm going to do the same thing. Yep. But no, it was just, it was huge for me. If I'm going out there, if I'm going out to Colorado or wherever it may be, and this is the adventure I look for all year round, I look forward to, I can't wait to go out there. I don't want something like, you know, my food to hold me back, or maybe it won't necessarily hold you back, but good quality food may help you keep going longer and further, which as anyone who hunts understands, most of the time you're not getting it done on the first day. Right. And it's being able to prolong that performance, you know, throughout multiple days and into the end of the week or two weeks, whatever it may be, or in John and Casey's standpoint, 365 days a, a year. I those think those guys, guys are, are out. So great. So, so great. But that's, that was the biggest thing with me. And it, it also helps you change your food and nutrition throughout the year. Yeah. For the you better. Have to. You have you, you can't just get into you can't just go in and just start eating that and expect like, you know, these awesome changes. No, because you said that too, that you didn't necessarily have great results the first time you had a Heather's Choice meal. Yeah. Because it was probably so different than what you were used to eating. It, it took me about three days to really, to uh, to get the, the great results. My stomach didn't react great right away. It was because I wasn't used to it. Mm-hmm. And I, once I added in, some more higher fats and proteins to my diet on a regular basis, I didn't have those problems anymore. And some other people that may have gave me feedback on it had said the same. Oh, you know, my stomach was a wreck at first. Well, it's not something that you can just go into cold turkey. This is, you know, this is some, if you're going to be eating nothing but that for seven days, let's, let's look at your overall diet nutrition, which you should anyways, when you're preparing for, you know, a hunter and adventure along those lines. So, yeah, anytime you're going to do dietary changes, it's going to come with a little bit of an adjustment because we get so used to the to feeling the way we feel and then all of a sudden you change something and it's like, "Whoa, wait a second. Like I'm drinking more water. I'm going to the bathroom more often. Like what's happening? Your body just has this incredible 
feedback loop. And if you're tuned into it, now it's really helpful and you can make dietary changes and notice like, wow, I feel less lethargic. I feel less sore. Like I must be moving in the right direction, but it does take uh, some adjustment time and people just have to have confidence that the nutritional choices that they're making are better than what they had before and kind of move forward with it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I am proud that now Heather's choice, like I say, is it's more than just me. Like we had the 22 people that came with us this weekend. We have our board, we have staff and just making it clear to everyone that our mission is to put good food in people's packs. Yes. And whatever that looks like down the road is yet to be seen, but I hope that it looks like more packable meals and snacks for the adventures that we love to do. Mm-hmm. That would be my ideal. So, and and we've definitely, I mean, you could definitely figure out a way to do it cheaper and better, more profitable like you said for yourself. Yeah. But <laughs> that's not what your mission is, that's not what your why is, and that's why you're why you're doing what you're doing now. And I know I, I know I'd, I appreciate that and getting to have good quality meals because there's not anything else that compares to that. And in, in my opinion, um, if you just want to fill, fill your belly with things, there's many things that you can do there. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely challenging. And like I say, we, we could do this a lot easier. We could do it somewhere else, but getting to do it here in Alaska and produce a good quality product I really, truly hope we can pull it off. And the only way it's going to be possible is because people like you are willing to fly all the way up from Pennsylvania to hang out with us for the weekend and get fired up about the mission. So yeah, it's going to be good. Well, I have one last question for you, and then I'm going to go get my podcast cords back from the dog that just drug <laughs> them out of the you tent. Got, I wish everybody could see what's been going on the whole time because Bo has lost like at least four precious items from the tent because of the dogs slowly carrying things away. Just coming in, grabbing something, and walking <laughs> out. So <laughs> if there's no more podcasts for a while, you yeah, can blame the dog in a lot. It's because of Cole. <laughs> yeah. You mean the bear. Yes. The Shit. Cole the bear. The bear. The bear. Yes, yeah. we named him. <laughs> uh, anyway, so one last question for you. So how would you define adventure? Uh, I, the first thing that came to mind is like anything that's unknown. So even for myself, like taking you guys out this weekend, I've been down that river probably a thousand times, but the whole dynamic of, okay, well, what if the weather's really terrible? What if somebody falls in? What if, uh, somebody's not having a good time or the bus breaks down or, just like so many different things can happen that you're you're kind of on high alert mm-hmm. and you're suddenly so in the moment. And I realized that when we got back to cell service, I was like, wow, I didn't even keep my phone in my pocket. Like I wasn't looking for something to distract me from what I was doing. I think for a lot of us, we were all there yeah. for those 24 hours or whatever it was. We were present. We were very, very present with a little factor of like the unknown. Yeah. And I think that that just kind of brings us into the moment and it was an adventure for all of us, no matter how many times any of us had been out there before because we were in the moment and it was brand new. It was a brand new experience. We were with brand new people and it's something that quite frankly, like we'll never get that experience again. Like, that is one singular trip. And of course I want there to be more Heather's choice company trips and I want to go do something different, but that weekend that we got to share together or midweek, because <laughs> I got everybody yeah. to skip work and come out with us. Um, it's kind of standalone and all we have is just this awesome memory yeah. where we got to be fully present for the time that we were together. Yeah. There was no checking emails. There was no checking social media. There was no anything. No, it was nobody just... cared what was going on in social no. media. That was nice. Yeah. That was awesome. There was, there was a lot of cameras flashing, but still that was there was not a lot not, of posting. There was, there was no posting. <laughs> there was no posting if anybody wanted to either. No, which is even which is better. Better yet. <laughs> Get rid of that factor and you're good. Yeah. Otherwise it all would have been like rut stash Facebook lives for <laughs> Yeah, and then, and then we, yeah, yeah, a little bit alcohol induced may not have uh, yeah. helped out the image of Heather's Choice right. or East Meets West. So. Yeah, no more Instagram stories tonight. Yeah, so that's that's good that we uh, we kept that under wraps. 
But anyway, so uh, where can where can everyone find a little bit more about Heather and Heather's Choice? Uh, we are at heatherschoice.com, so definitely check us out there. The most valuable resources are on our journal page. That's where they get to see your trip reports and everything else. Uh, we're pretty active on Instagram, so that's a great place to find us. And then Facebook and YouTube, so everything's just Heather's Choice. And I encourage people to reach out and say hi and... If anybody has questions, we're really eager to connect with them and tell them more about our food, tell them more about Alaska, and I invite everyone to come up here and go on a trip. It's awesome. a pretty special spot. Yeah, and I'll I'll put links to on on the website and everything there. So and and uh, definitely check out the website and the the online journal that Kayleen's putting together is awesome. Yeah, Kayleen is a rock star, and that's where I say our team is becoming better and better every day we're adding some really good people to it cool well thanks heather and again thank you for having me over to your house and hey, thanks for letting me come hang us. out in your bug net <laughs> yeah and we're definitely gonna have to take a picture before we get out of here thanks yeah, so. for listening for sure. to this episode all right east meets <laughs> west yeah, hunt you. with your host bo martonic for more great content and to stay up to date visit eastmeetswesthunt.com facebook at east meets west outdoors and instagram at east meets west hunt if you enjoyed today's episode please review and subscribe and we'll catch you next time